gorgeous. I just want to welcome you to Whip and Jewels podcast, where women who hustle and inspire with purpose drop jewels. And I'm Khalifa, your chief executive jewel in charge. Hi, Jules. It's Khalifa, your chief executive Jew in charge. And today I'm here with a one-on-one with lifestyle blogger, Daisy Dash. And we're talking about the power behind leveraging direct marketing skills and becoming an influencer. Welcome, Daisy. Hey, hey, y'all. Thanks for having me, Kate. Of yeah. course, of course. I mean, this weekend has been pretty phenomenal. And I have, like, so much energy. Um, I'm kind of in the mindset of Issa Rae when she talks about championing emerging talent and using your network um oftentimes we are so focused on the people who are already solidified that we forget about collaborating with our friends and pushing one another to our highest height so i'm so happy to have you in our guest chair today thank you i'm so happy to be here like this podcast is so dope so i'm happy to be here girl and it's it's crazy because obviously the listeners don't know but we tried to do this a year and some months ago and I think it just it's just the power of someone's journey that sometimes you might have a plan, but you might have to get still on it. And you might have to just discern what season you in and move when the time is right. So I feel like the time is right now. I know that you have all the jewels. I find that you have taken your talents to a whole nother level by joining the direct marketing industry. Essentially, you're backed by a global network. How did you start and break down It Works Global? I found one. Not found. I've been following her for a really long time, and she was someone that inspired me so much. Um, most of you guys probably know her, Mia Ray. And um, it got to the point where, you know, a lot of things she would buy, and she would definitely share with her audience. And, you know, I trusted her. I trusted her opinion. I trusted that things that she put on her page, it wasn't so much about sales. Well, she wasn't making a dime from the things she was putting on her page, things she was telling us to go buy. She wasn't making coins like that. She started talking about It Works and joining the Jihad and stuff like that but what moved me most was the product line she was talking about products she was showing how they work and everything like that i was interested in it real quick i had my son and before i had my son i had lost 50 pounds on my own the following month i got pregnant had my son and it was just extremely hard for me to lose weight probably a year and some change later here comes Mia Ray talking about this network marketing it works and and showing us how these products work and you know so I trusted her so much that all her results based on what she was showing us on social media and I trusted her so much just reached out to her and I was like girl I'm interested in joining the jihad I had reached out to her and I want to say like October but I didn't join until March oh okay so it was like something that I pulled with because I'm like I'm know if I could sell stuff like you know like, I trusted what she said because there were times in the past where she would you know talk about a product and I would go buy it and then fall in love with it so it was the same thing where it worked I know that they had like a whole weight loss and health line so I'm like yo she showed me how this work really is working for her let me jump right into it you know join the jihad and, and make this work for me as well you know so it wasn't just about the coins yeah, it was an extra stream of income, but it was more so like I was really struggling to lose weight again. So you got into it. You trusted her authority with it. Um, she had already positioned herself as an influencer and kind of had a tribe of her own on social media. So break down how someone could join and what are the strategies and the benefits. So basically what it is with 
network marketing it works specifically is you join in I, this is as easy as i can <laughs> explain it um so often you know especially us millennials we're always going live or always doing instant stories about things that we bought at sephora share these products you yield results and you get paid for it it's as simple as that you use the product share it get results you get coins for it. Uh, but I think most importantly is that because the product line is such is a natural product line, it benefits everybody. So it's not just for women with melanin skin. Caucasian women can use it. Asian women can use it. Black women can use it. Like it's a universal product line. So how impactful has the residual income and multiple streams of income been? What do you see the benefits? I know you encourage your team on the importance of it. So just tell our listeners what you've learned thus far with dominating in that uh, direct marketing industry. Marketing is not going to be for everybody and that's okay. So I had to like drown out a lot of the noise, like a lot of what other people were saying. Like, girl, why are you selling that crazy rap thing? Oh, why are you this or why are you that? And it's like, wait, girl, it works has a whole other product line outside of that crazy rap thing. Like cleansers, toners, weight loss products, energy drinks, drinks that give you a boost, you know, greens on the go packet. And for me, it was just like, why I was so interested in it was because besides working a nine to five, I've never really done anything else um, outside of just your traditional nine to five. I've never ran a business. I never did a blog. I never did any of that. It was just nine to five. It was just college, nine to five, college, nine to five, hang out. I wanted to add another stream of income. But for me, it was just like, okay, I don't have the blueprint to entrepreneurship as of yet. So let me start with something that has training wheels on, something that my website is already there, okay? I may pay like a little $20 website fee, but my website was already there. Everything was already there. Like the blueprint was there. And it's like, I felt like if I could succeed in this, then I could succeed with everything else that I wanted to do. But I wanted to start small first. Like, I don't like to just jump out the window and say, oh, I'm about to open up this. I'm about to do this. I'm about to do that. But it was like, I had no experience. So let me get my experience from It Works. Let me get my experience from adult mentor, Mia Ray, and take that and apply that to everything else that I want to do in life. What are some jewels that Mia Ray has given you regarding just business and entrepreneurship? Because, I mean, she's one of the top entrepreneurs for us millennials that we look up to, especially on social media. What advice and strategies has she taught you? She has taught me so many different things, but I think things that, you know, resonated so well with me was sharing my lifestyle versus sharing my personal life. That's so important. And I feel like sometimes we're on social media and we don't like to always show the behind the scenes. We always like to show when we beat, when we cute, when we going out. But learning from her, I've I've learned a show like that behind the scenes that that they see that don't always got to be beat, that they see that doesn't always have to be cute to just come on social media. You know, I've also learned that once you share your lifestyle, once you share the background and you're honest with people, people will engage with you more. They'll relate to you more. So her being so relatable taught me to be more relatable in my own right. Yeah, and I do see that. And I know for sure that they say the greatest discovery in life is self-discovery. So transparency seems like it's almost a required business strategy. I would definitely say transparency. You know, even with it 
works just to speak about that a little more there's times where there's like a product that i don't like that i may buy from the line and i don't like and i will go on social media i'd be like y'all it's not my favorite product like might not buy this one no more like i just can't no this is not for me i think the first time i tried a pack of greens on the go was on live because i was just like oh no this is bland like mm -hmm. but then i went back on live but, like i think the next day or two or three days later and i tried it with juice and water versus just water and it was like a better taste to me but i think that the fact that i was so relatable helps everybody to feel like oh like she's being honest like you know she could have sat here in front of the company that she's back in this salon that she's back in so she gonna sit here in front and be like Yes, and these greens on the go taste so good. Oh my god, you should buy you should buy them. Meanwhile, I'm going live, and it was just like, nah, I don't like it like this. Let me try. Let me come back and try this with some juice. You know? How do we find the balance? Because social media becomes overwhelming, and when you use that as your main tool to uh, make profit and to basically advertise and um, position yourself essentially as an influencer, how can we find the balance? I can't say that there is an exact thing to do. There is a, you know, I share as much as I can. You know, I feel like there are days where I just feel like, yo, I'm just, I'm not with it today. And on those days, I'm just not with it. Like, you won't see me uploading in my Insta story. You won't see me faking the funk on my page or anything like that. When I feel like I'm not with it, I just don't hear anything. It's because if I'm sharing just to share, just to be like, okay, I got to post something. I ain't post something in three days. I'm not being authentic. I'm not being myself. I'm just trying to put something up there. And then what's going to happen is I'm going to get likes, I'm going to get comments, and I'm not going to engage because I'm not feeling it. So when it comes to balance, it's very hard. But what I can honestly say is when you're not feeling it, don't do it. But when you're feeling it and you pumped up, share what you could share. Like most recently, I started this whole keto journey, and I really wanted to love keto because the meals are dope like it's so easy to create those keto meals but i had to share with my audience that i broke out really badly like my whole neck was like literally burnt off of a keto rash oh wow so, yeah like i was pissed as hell going on <laughs> but you know it's certain things you got to share with your audience because people are looking for your opinion they're looking for your insight on what's going on i think the importance for any list out there trying to position themselves or wanting to truly use social media as a tool is to really differentiate what it is to show your lifestyle opposed to telling all your personal business. And I feel like a lot of the women in your It Works um, network have almost formed a sisterhood. And I do believe that trying to get to the next level, you have to change your circle of influence. So for you, what has sisterhood meant to you and how have you evolved? What I will say is like most important things, like the money is all good. You know, I'm able to pay a lot of things that I wasn't able to pay before. So the money is good, the products are good, but the sisterhood is just even better. And I think coming into a circle of women from all across the country, women that are just like you, women that are trying to find themselves, women that are already entrepreneurs, women that are adding more streams of income. Sisterhood has emerged so much for us millennials. Like, I don't care what no one says. You need 
people in entrepreneurship. I'm not saying you need them to solidify what you're doing, but you can't get to the top. You can't get to the next level by yourself. There's so much that I don't know. It's like if I ever felt like, you know what, I think I might do a podcast. If I felt that way, the first person I'm going to reach out to is my sister Kay because I'm going to be like, you know what, I know she know what she got to do, what I got to buy. I know she know the background information. Why? Because she's already been there. She's already done that. And for somebody that's already my sister, it's like I can reach out to you and it won't be no funny business. Like, girl, would you start one of the epitomes to entrepreneurship? You cannot move to the next level. And I'm not saying have 20 women around you because that's not my style. I'm saying you need to have a, a good couple women that's going to help you, that's going to give you feedback, that's going to be that ear to listen on, that's going to be that eye when you don't catch something. Or You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's like when I started my blog, we're one of the first people to give me feedback. I sent it to you before I released and I'm like, hey, what you think? I wouldn't have known, like, sisterhood is very important in entrepreneurship. Sisterhood, brotherhood. Definitely about accountability. You know, when you have that tribe, you have accountability, you have empowerment, and you really get to hone in on your personal development. Um, For you, just in entrepreneurship, for you in your personal self-discovery, what can you say about some personal habits that you've developed and some personal development um, jewels that you can give? I'm in my word. I'm in my Bible. That's major for me. So major. Um, I have my days. I have my days. I have my time. Things are just not going right. And I read my Bible. I write in my prayer journal all the time because like sisterhood I think is very important and I think friendships are very important but sometimes your friends don't have the end I want my spirit to be humble I want my thoughts to be clear so I'm listening to a podcast so those are two things that I do all the time it's a podcast and it's having that relationship with God and like I said your friends they are jewels they are there to help you but sometimes they ain't got the answers and I feel like you, you are one of the first women I've seen use the title mompreneur. And it's really become very popular because obviously so many women are, you know, juggling families, entrepreneurship, nine to five. For you, has it been easy to separate motherhood and business? Or what do you think is the best method to excel in entrepreneurship as a mother? I would say to include your kids. Mm. You know why? I would say to include your kids because... I have to include still so much more in everything that I do now because we're in the DMV area. We're pretty much by ourselves or whatever, and I'm a primary parent. And let them be them. So I think that one of the main things that I've had to learn how to do, what to do when it comes to my son is include him. And I had to be okay with knowing that he's three, girl. He's not going to listen half the time. And it's okay because I don't think no three-year-old listens. Like, they always turning up. They get mm-hmm. real quick. They get fussy, like, I, I, it, it's hard to balance it, like, I, it's, it's no balance there, so I just have to include him, you know, when he want to come through, he want to come through, when he don't, and he want to watch his TV, cool, but for the most part, I'm just including him in everything that I do, because it's like I have no choice, but I'm yeah. not, <laughs> not do what I got to do, because he, you know, he want to be up under me, or, nah, that's just, you going to lay right here while I'm typing up this blog post. Or are you just going to jump on this live while I'm telling people about these new products? What you want to do? You in or you out? You going to watch TV or you going to work with mommy? Yeah, and I think I think that's so powerful. I think, yeah, I think it's so powerful. And I think it also resonates with people. And it also, you know, goes to 
I guess, showing your lifestyle, you know, being a mom is nothing to be ashamed about. And especially in this day and age, listen, we gotta, we gotta build these empires out here. But so many women may be afraid to launch those businesses, to step out because of fear, because they they feel like, listen, I have to take care of my family. I don't know if I have the time. How have you been able to maneuver and to truly rise to the top and not let motherhood hold you back? You know, you already mentioned basically you include him, but has it ever been fearful for you to actually start on an entrepreneurial journey? Financially, how have you been able to balance it? So it was fearful, and I remember reaching out to one of my very good friends and I told her that, you know, I was already doing it worse, but I told her that I was going to move to the DM, that I wanted to move to the DMV area. Mm-hmm. Um, and my entire family is in New York City, so to move four and a half hours away to the DMV area, um, I was a little afraid and I think I was more so afraid not to make that move because I'm one person that will, I would try anything once. Mm-hmm. anywhere these ones. If it don't work, it don't work. You feel me? Like, all right, on to the next city. I was more so fearful because I've never been too far away from New York City where my son's entire hematology team is. So oh, wow. I remember being afraid to move because he has sickle cell and because I knew that anytime he got sick in New York, if he got sick and he needed to stay home, Granny, can you watch Dale for me real quick? Can you watch Dale? I'll come pick him up after. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I it was like, if he gets sick, it's like, what what happened? And I remember reaching out to one of my friends, and I was telling her about my plan to move to the DMV. And I was like, you know, I'm fearful because he has sickle cell. She was like, girl, you can move to Japan, you can move to Europe, you can move to pa- you can move anywhere. But guess what? Dylan is still gonna have sickle cell. Mm. Don't let his health stop you from doing what it is you want to do. He gonna have sickle cell in New York. He gonna have sickle cell wherever we go. He gonna have sickle cell. So you gonna take him with you. You're going to find a new hematologist, and you're going to make it work. Like, you can't be fearful based on this disease that he'll have for the rest of his life. So, what, you're not going to make no moves until, you know, Dylan is old enough to fend for himself. So yeah. I that in the back of my mind. Like, you know, he going to have sickle cell wherever we go. He going to have this disease wherever we go. We just going to roll with the punches and deal with it as it comes along. And I think that speaks to how resilient women are and how fearless we are. And at the end of the day, when we have goals and we have a calling on our life, it's just important that we understand essentially where there's a will, there's a way. It will work out and we just have to have that faith. So I think that's so important for moms listening to not be overwhelmed by wanting to excel and not feeling like you have to stay in your predicament because you don't. Right. And let me say this. I just really want to draw this jewel i moved out to the dmv i moved out here in june dylan came in august and usually the winter months november december january february are the crucial months for dill like he's in the hospital like literally back to back and can i tell you that by the grace of god being the end of january and this year this you know, the last quarter of the year into now, my child has not been admitted that one time. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That one time. God is so amazing. You know, yeah. not that he hasn't, you know, gotten a little fever, but he hasn't been admitted. In that, those couple months, like within those winter months, those colder months from November to March, he's in the hospital back to back. He's in the hospital at least seven times, eight times. But he hasn't been admitted once. And it was like, I was so fearful of that. But look how God is. Yeah, and I and I think that's just him, his stamp of approval. Like, listen, you went okay. out. 
Yeah, you know, you went out on faith and here's your security right there. What about financial strategies? How, what are the some go-to financial strategies? Because I know last year you kind of was really transparent about, you know, building your credit back up and how it works has been so powerful in um, being able to increase your finances. So what are some financial strategies you can share? What I did last year was I had a credit card problem. All of my commission that I got from it worked. And I paid off all of my credit cards. It was one of the major things that I did because I knew that I wanted a new car. And I was just like, yo, I set myself up. I want a new car. Guess what? My credit score got to be in the 700. My credit score had to be in the 700 and I had to pay off all my debt. That was what I told myself in the beginning of last year. And that was what I did. So some of the things that I did was I stopped swiping my car. You know, logged or gap or whatever. Else. If I don't have to, if I didn't have the cash, then I wouldn't buy it. Another thing I did last year was I saved all of my $5 bill and my coin. So anytime I was in the supermarket and they gave me back a $5 bill or when I went to get gas, they gave back a $5. I had three fives that got to go in my piggy bank. And basically not buying things that I don't need. Like if I saw a pair of sneakers and I really liked it, but it was like no need for it, then I'm just not going to buy it. Like, I really cut my spending in half. Stop eating out as much. I would pack lunch for work. Those were some of the things that I did. Like, it's a little habit. Like, at that point, I was a Starbucks junkie, like, every single day. And I told myself, girl, when I looked at my finances and looked at how much I was reloading on them Starbucks cards, I was like, all right, we need to limit this. So I think what it starts with is, like, little things. You can't want to save $5,000, 10000 $20,000 if you don't have the little habits in order. Let's save them $5 bills. Let's not use our credit card. Let's pay for the items in cash rather than swiping the credit card. Like you said, it's the small changes that, it's the habits. Honestly, the small changes are how we can create new habits. And many people, I struggle with it myself because, let's let's say, I, I have a goal. I will literally jump to the goal. Like, I will go past step one to four and be at step six already and it's like hold up scale it down so i think those small little changes are so important but i'm glad you mentioned starbucks because you are out here selling milk frothers (laughs) from target (laughs) every (laughs) on social media so for the listeners who don't know what i'm talking about daisy dash if you're not following her already obviously i'm gonna leave all her social media handles um on the show notes um daisy d-a-c-y underscore dash Follow her now. Don't even pause this interview on your on whatever device you are listening to. Follow her now. In her Instagram stories, she out here selling all of Target's milk frothers. So I think that's a good segue where we could talk about influence and we can also talk about uh, more of this Starbucks habit that you have. And it kind of goes into it works. Let's combine the keto, the Starbucks, the milk frothers, <laughs> and how you selling all the merchandise in Target. Tell the people. What it is is that I am a coffee junkie. Like, I love coffee. I need to have coffee every single morning. Like, don't talk to me unless I have my coffee. Like, it really helped me to focus. It helps me to do as much as possible throughout my day, especially in the morning. I'm not a morning person. I just get up early, like, because I have to, you know, like, I hate the morning. So what happened was I was so, you know, like I said, I'm a Starbucks junkie. I reload or was reloading like $25, $20 a week. Like, you understand what I'm saying? So what happened was it works, came out with this keto coffee. It keeps you full, longer, helps you to stay energized. So, I said, okay, cool. I'm about to do this keto journey. You know, you already know how I feel about, like, weight loss and maintaining my weight loss. I don't want to lose any more weight, but I think what's most important and what's the hardest is to maintain that weight loss. So, it came out with this keto coffee. 
And the thing is with keto coffee, um, it has MCT oil and grass-fed butter in it. That's what keeps you full, that fat. Mm. So that's what keeps you full all day long. Um, and I realized that as, when I was drinking my... Let me also say that anything that makes my life easier, I'm going to buy it. Mm-hmm. I love to buy little home gadgets, little home things that's going to make my life easier. Like, I love home decor. I really do. So that's one of the things that I want to eventually get into is, like, decorating and, you know, yes. you know, making my space feel comfortable. So I love anything that's going to make my life easier, right? It works, has this keto coffee. It has clumps of butter in it. So what I realized was, like, okay, this keto coffee is really good. But those butter clumps, like those butter clumps, you know, like you take a gulp of coffee and, you know, you might get a butter clump. I need something to like fish through that clump, you know, anything to make my life. I have a Keurig, I have an electric kettle, all of that. So I'm like, okay, let me just get a frother. I've known about frothers all the time. So I went out and I bought this milk frother and it was literally $6.99 in Target. So I used it in my Insta story to mix my keto coffee from It Worked. And I just really was showing people how it's done. You ever saw like a picture of a cute cup of coffee and then you see that white foam frother? out everything else that coffee bean that butter everything else so it looked really pretty but it was also helpful so i think that the fact that i showed it on my social media everybody was just like what is that what is that so that's my whole thing if it makes my life easier if it makes sense to me i'm gonna go buy it it's not expensive and if it is expensive i'm gonna look for a cheaper version that works just as well so i went out bought the milk frother used it every you know a lot of it works people went and bought it and even people outside of it works went and bought it you know it's inexpensive it's in target and everybody was just like, oh, my God, this makes my life so much easier. This makes my life so much easier. And I wasn't doing it to just do it. I was doing it because it was like, this is really helpful. So I think what happens is when you share something that's so helpful to you, you don't realize how many other people have impacted, how many people were experiencing that same issue. So here it was, like, we had so many people go out and buy that milk frother, and then what they did was they tagged me in it. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, hold up. Is Daisy Dash partner with Target and become a buyer or a seller? Because she has everybody in these streets with milk frothers. It's important to share and be transparent because you never know. The littlest thing that makes your life easier, like you said, could obviously make someone else's life easier. And I think sometimes we get into this little um, stinginess. Like, oh, no, I don't want to tell her the details. No, I don't want to share that. You already got it. Exactly. You already have the item. Like, if I like something, like, say, for example, I like something online or whatever the case may be. Not that I don't want to share with people, but I'm going to make sure I, I put mine in the cart first. <laughs> mine, and then I'm going to tell the whole world because I can't tell you about this product if I don't have it. You understand what I'm saying? I can't tell you how it fit. I can't tell you how to use it if I don't already have it. So, you know, once you get just it's okay with putting everybody on like you don't know how many lives that you're a little wand a little seven dollar wand it really literally make every, everybody lives so much easier but it's just of the power of influence and i didn't realize people be in my dms talking about my food or talking about how i am as a mother mm-hmm. or talking about, oh my god where did you get this where you get that and i never really thought anything about it until it like really hit me it really hit me how much of an influencer when my mentor, mm. my mentor hit me up, like, my mentor, me raised like, Daisy, what is that that you're using for your coffee? I'm like, oh, a milk product. She's like, all right, where can I find it? 
like it don't really hit you until somebody that you look up to goes out and gets something that you talk about. And even like my friends went out and got it, and it's like, oh my god, like people are really gonna go get it. But to say that you influence somebody that influenced you, yeah, that's next level. It's like, Whoa, <laughs> that's next level. So that eventually led to other things because right after that, it was. Just like, oh my god, let me get these coins. You know, the saying goes, smart women don't compete, they collaborate. And oh. I feel like she epitomized what it means to lend yourself to someone else's advancement. And I think it's so imperative as black and brown women that we keep that spirit with us. So do you feel like it's kind of difficult within our community to build our tribes and be genuine and building those connections and if you feel like that's not the case what are some tools for women to go out there and build their tribes and connect with other women if it was maybe two three four years ago i would have said no to that i would have said no to that i feel like it's so much easier to build a sisterhood because black women especially we're so accepting now we're so much more nurturing we're so much more like if somebody inbox me and they be like oh my god where you got this from i'm be like girl i got it from here hurry up it's 50 percent off <laughs> so much more helpful now and i think it's because we see what we can do together as a unit we see how dope we are in our own right had you asked me that question five years ago i'd be like girl no but now i feel like we have just opened the door for so much and it's like we want to see each other win like we want to get in the door and pull everybody up with us like come through the door with me you understand like absolutely right if you're not pulling people with you i definitely do agree i do know it is difficult though so besides building your tribe and networking and connecting with like-minded individuals and and people that you admire, give one jewel for people who are looking for mentors. Because honestly, I feel like there's a lot of mentors out there. There's a lot of women on social media connecting. Um, Sometimes I do feel like there's not enough financial backing. It's one thing to be a mentor, but we need to also invest in our communities, in our um, networks, with our friends. So I, I do feel like mentorship is important, and I do feel like collaboration is important. And I also feel like investment is also important. And I think you particularly, was that one of your missions behind starting your blog, um, Discovering Daisy, to you know, go out and essentially invest in other women and help them grow their businesses i think having a mentor is so important but i think that sometimes we confuse mentorship i feel like sometimes we feel like we need a mentor that's on social media and that's popping and that has all these followers and your mentor can be your mother Mm-hmm. Your mentor can be your older aunt. Your mentor can be your professor. As long as that person is pouring into you in the way that you need to be poured into, that person is a mentor. So I just don't have Mia Ray as a mentor. I have other women. I have one of my dopest cousins, oh, my God, that I love so much. She has been my mentor my entire life, and I think I didn't realize it because she had that cousin title. Mm-hmm. But she has always been my mentor. She has always been instilling these jewels in me and these gems in me and wanting to wanting me to be the best Daisy possible. But it didn't register to me until I got in my 20s because she was my first cousin. She's my first cousin. Your mentor can be your first cousin. Your mentor can be your mom. As long as that person is pouring into you the way you need them to pour into you, as long as you're growing as an individual, that person is your mentor. So it's not just about social media. It's that person that you can call and that person that's going to tell you, all right, Daisy, no, you did this incorrectly. 
this is what you could have done the right way. This is how you could have reacted. You understand what I'm saying? Dude, that mentor just doesn't have to be somebody that, that you buck up with on social media. I also have a professor from college. I graduated college in 2013. She's still my mentor. You know, we talk all the time. She was my mentor in college. She's my mentor now. So it's not always those high-profile people, but it's those people that's going to pour into you. You know, I swear God, Oprah Winfrey, my mentor. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yes, definitely. And again, I do. I did want to congratulate you again on launching your blog because oftentimes we overlook the process of blogging and writing and developing, you know, our skills. But it takes a lot. So congratulations to you on that. Tell us more a little bit about the vision you have for it and what's your mission. Okay, so basically. The blog thing, like, I came onto the blog scene, you know, late. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that because blogging has, you know, took its own course within the last 10 years. And now everybody is doing the podcast thing, right? Mm-hmm. If we spit in straight facts, it's like the podcast is what's in right now. So I came onto the blogging scene very late in the game. So it was like, you know, I asked a few people, um, you know, their advice, whatever, and someone told me that, you know, people don't read no more. Everything is the digital age. Everything is more so like I'd rather listen than read, which is true. But blogging more so for me is just therapy. Because mm-hmm. my mind, there's some days my mind is just running a mile a minute, literally. So when I get to blog, it's really just like my journal you get what i'm saying i don't try to get as personal um on there but i just it's my journal for my lifestyle so my goal with my blog was i realized that in my 20s is where i'm discovering myself you know i'm discovering so much about myself to the point of what things i really like what foods i really like what places i like to go to what type of books i like to read what type of things i like to listen to how i like to dress like those are the things that i'm discovering and i think before i was 20s we think that we know ourselves but we really don't know ourselves until we like you are in our 20s and we're really like learning learning about ourselves so that was my thing for my entire blog to just discover myself um as a woman, as a mother, as a young black entrepreneur. So that was basically, that's why this title of, that's why it's the title of my blog, Discovering Daisy. Mm-hmm. Because I'm still on this journey and there's days where I realize, like, oh my God, I like that too. Oh my God, yes, that's me. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So it's, it's just a whole self-discovery process and we're always learning ourselves. And my biggest thing was, I wanted it to be where, as I discover my stuff, I help people to discover themselves as well. And then, because you know, how many times do we see somebody and they say, "Oh, I'm this way, I'm that way, I'm an introvert, but I have extrovert tendencies," and they're like, "Oh my God, that's me!" Yeah, <laughs> that's what my blog was basically about. Like, okay, as Daisy is discovering herself, I pray that you can pull pieces of me and say oh my gosh that's how that I just discovered something about myself yeah and I feel like that's so powerful so congratulations to you with that I think you have dropped so many jewels so far regarding finances regarding personal development everything um regarding milk frothers <laughs> um but at the end I, I always like for our guests to uh dig in the jewel box and 
pick one avenue. So it either it be womanhood, it be hustle, it be inspiration, or it be purpose. Or you can, you know, talk about each of it. You can choose one or choose all and just kind of close out with that. Um, this one will probably be inspirational and probably purpose at the same time. One of my very dearest friends that poured into me so much years ago, um, I was talking to my, is my one of my professors now turned my friend and I was talking to him and you know I was just telling him about how I felt like I wasn't um smart enough you Mm -hmm. know I was in college and stuff like that I felt like I wasn't smart enough to ace my statistics class and this is something that I keep in the back of my mind and I tell myself all the time he told me you don't have to be the smartest person in the room if you feel like you're not the smartest person that's fine but you need to be the most determined person in the room because that determination is what's going to get you far that's my jewel don't feel bad if you're not the smartest person in the room you just need to have the most determination in that room because that determination is going to get you to the next level and then that's going to get you to the next level like that determination is what's going to keep that fire burning inside of you yes and keep propelling you i feel like i could do my diddy dance on that one (laughs) definitely i want to thank you so much for taking the time out today to share with my audience and essentially share with your audience things that they may have not known. Um, Let them know all your social media handles and where they can uh, contact you at. On Facebook, I am (laughs) my real name, Candace Rodriguez. Um, That's a very long name to spell out. I'm sure Kay will have it. Yes, I'll have it in the show notes. On Instagram, I'm Daisy Dash, D-A-C-Y underscore Dash. Z-A-S-H. I'm on Instagram all the time. My blog is um, www.discoveringdacy.com. Um, and I think that's it. I'm not on Twitter. Snapchat is a little dead on my hand, so that's all my hand. Well, definitely. And I'll also link in the show notes um, opportunities for young women that are looking to build on a platform that's already there for It Works. Tell them about also the D-Dynasty and what they can do if they want to join. Um, so basically the D-Dynasty, of course, um, the sisterhood are in the networking business. And, you know, we're basically using that stream of income from It Works to build other things that we're doing. And, of course, we stand behind a dope product line. Definitely have to use the products. Um, my team is the D-Dynasty. Um, and you can hit me up via text or at my inbox. My number is 347-635-5304 to learn more about this, joining the D-Dynasty. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome.